Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to our program. I'm pro-life leader Frank Pavone, director of Priests for Life. And tonight I want to share with you more of what we do internationally. We are present at the United Nations, the Organization of American States, various legislative bodies and representatives around the country, marches for life, events, pro-life conferences worldwide, the things that are going on at the Vatican and the Holy See Mission of the United Nations. And one of the people that represents us at events like this and helps coordinate all our presence at these international gatherings where we speak for the unborn is with us today in the studio. His name is Bob Lalonde, and we have known him for decades. And Bob, it's uh, good to have you here at headquarters. Thank you very much, Father. You're usually out in some other some other foreign land. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Sometimes foreign lands at the United Nations or at, as you said, the Organization of American States. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Well, we have a lot of friends worldwide, and why don't we start in prayer and just ask God's blessing on all of them. Some of them have battles just as intense as ours, some of them even worse. And uh, let's ask the Lord's blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, uh, you, are, you are the Lord of every nation, and your call to us to defend life is without limits. It is a worldwide battle. Uh, it is a worldwide cause because yours is a worldwide kingdom. And we are proud to be part of it. Lord, enable us to serve our brothers and sisters from every place and enable us to protect the unborn wherever they may be. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, you know, well, you know, Bob, our, pro our programs get a lot of international uh, uh, viewership. Mm -hmm. So we have friends joining us here, no doubt, from many of the countries that, are, uh, that we've been able to help quite directly. Give our, give our audience a little sense of the scope of our international efforts. Actually, um, when you mentioned, you know, the dangers we face in defending life in this country, it did make me think you had sent uh, me to Nigeria a few years back. And Nigeria is a country where there's a lot of persecution of Christians. Mm. And at that time, we were going, we were giving two weeks of seminars, uh, working with seminaries and training um, young future priests uh, in the pro-life movement. And you could see there the dangers that these uh, priests will face in oh, that my. country. So we're, yes. we're not just talking about you know, being arrested or going to jail. We're right. talking about actual uh, death kind of thing, kidnapping and so on and so forth. And just having seen Alvita a little while ago, uh, she had done a video for us and we shared that in each of the towns that we went through. And mm -hmm. the, the impact that it had in the seminaries was really profound. So that's just one region in, in, in Nigeria that we work. Nigeria is the largest country in Africa by population. It's actually a mixed country as well. It's about 50% Muslim, 50% Christian. Okay. Um, so it, it's an area that's um, really significant for the work and growing the work, but that's just one country among the many. As you mentioned, we operate internationally both through our work mm -hmm. um, and also through uh, Rachel's Vineyard. So where they give yes. presentations and they have retreats in all these different countries. So. I had been with um, Dr. Burke to Australia, to New Zealand uh, as well. So we, it really is all over the place uh, is what it amounts to, Eastern Europe as well, Western Europe and Italy. Um, and then you look at the United Nations where we have a, a strong presence there and work with submitting statements and getting involved in that kind of stuff there mm -hmm. too. Yeah. yeah, the battle at the United Nations, we actually, uh, 
And those of you that are just joining us, we're with Bob Lalonde uh, talking about our international work at Priests for Life. He's, he's part of our uh, consulting team and does a lot of this work directly. Uh, we, I remember back in the 90s, I was just starting out with uh, my full-time leadership at Priests for Life, and there was the uh, the Cairo conference, exactly. right? Uh, 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 remind our, our people about that. Of course, Cardinal Martino, at that time it was Archbishop Martino, representing John Paul II, at the United Nations, and he got us involved immediately. Um, one of the themes here, starting then, 30 years ago, right through to the present, and, and, and explain this to us, we've been winning here. The other side has always wanted to transcend whatever protections a nation might want to give to the unborn by declaring abortion to be an international right. Exactly. Right? Now, nobody has jurisdiction over the entire world, but, but the idea was kind of to create a peer pressure, sure. right? And to say, wait a minute, you know, and to make nations that protect the unborn feel kind of out of step, right? Exactly. Tell us about how this battle has unfolded, because basically we've been able to stop them, right? Yeah. So you're absolutely right, and it goes all the way back then, too, and that's when I started getting involved in the movement. And uh, so they change the language, they're looking for, they won't necessarily call it abortion, they'll call it uh, reproductive rights or something like that. And, uh, but there's been a constant push to give the impression, and this is the 75th year um, for the Human Rights Declaration at the United Nations. So they're commemorating that this year. And they've been trying since the 90s to get abortion included as a right, and it's still not an international right. It's not, right. Notwithstanding what everybody says at the mm -hmm. UN, and there are other forms, though. They call it soft law. So there's no actual international right to abortion, but they get committees, subcommittees, commissions to start modifying the language, and then they get other countries to quote um, that language, and they even then submit briefs, for instance, to the U.S. Supreme Court and different state courts as well. So there are things taking place along those lines that try to give the impression that there is an international um, right to abortion, but there isn't. So I mentioned the 75th anniversary because that's key. So this year we had a pushback event, a transatlantic event that we were part of. In fact, some, you know, we had a conversation that, was, uh, that got this whole thing started that I had at, at the Catholic Inspired NGOs uh, last year in Rome. And so one of the people I was meeting with, we talked about doing uh, a special event to commemorate the 75th. And so this took place actually in November. There were over 40 countries that took part in it at the United Nations, right in the belly of the beast, so mm -hmm. to speak. And um, we had over 200 people. And it's a pushback. It's a reminder of those rights, the initial rights that were, you know, the right to life, uh, protection, life, liberty, and happiness, kind of similar to our own. Mm. And so all of these intrinsic rights, which were solid and agreed upon by these countries, and then since the 90s, people have been trying to change them. So you've got LGBT rights and all the other, you know, the gender uh, issues that are taking place. But it hasn't changed. So we've been successful in pushing back. But admittedly, the pandemic gave them an opportunity to push that even stronger still. So it's a, it's a David and Goliath situation, but we are holding firm, I think. So, and we even see, we were talking about that earlier too, changes in the political climate where there are new heads of state uh, at the time that was Trump, President Trump, and there was a change uh, towards more pro-life. We're seeing that in Italy right now. We're also seeing it with the new election in the Netherlands. 
and, uh, and in Argentina. So see, there are trends that we're seeing that are reaffirming these important rights. Governments, uh, right in other words, through 100%. elections, becoming more conservative and more pro-life. Exactly, yeah. and you yeah. see that even the work that Priests for Life is doing here in, uh, in the United States and in the various states, um, the heartbeat laws, for instance. Well, these are all being used. Everybody looks to the United States for guidance, both in a good way and a bad way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we had abortion on demand, and, and that wasn't good. Um, they, they saw that, so they, they'll mimic some of the things that we're doing. But now they're also looking at the pro-life groups that are looking at, at these different laws and trying to make an impact and a change. Because Europe had been um, pro-abortion for, for many years now. So, but there's a, we're seeing a, a movement rekindling. Uh, the marches uh, that are taking place, a little based on the March for Life that we've been having in this country for, for 40 plus years kind of thing. So we're seeing that taking place there too. Mm -hmm. The Dobbs decision had a great impact internationally, didn't it? Huge. Uh, huge, but it also put them in a panic mode kind of thing. So now it's like even France was looking at making it um, a right in, in the Constitution. So they're, they're using that in fear because they realize that it could be undermined as well. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it made a big difference. It, it, it was a, a clarion that sounded all around the world. And both for the countries that are pro-life or those who intended to be, um, it gave them an opportunity to, to realize they could be doing more as well. So. You know, when President Trump was elected, um, he made it clear we are not going to pay uh, the United Nations to, to, to kill babies by abortion. We are yeah. not going to pay our tax money for abortions to be promoted or performed in other countries. Who's in the White House in the United States? makes an impact internationally Absolutely. when it comes to abortion, right? Absolutely. So um, obviously there are laws in place that were in place but were um, overturned. Um, one of the first things that um, Biden did when he came into office was get us out of what they called the, the GCD, which is the Geneva Consensus Declaration, which was something the Trump administration put forward, um, basically pro-life, pro-family, respect for, for nations' rights, etc. Uh, and he reversed that right away. And this was nations that are pro-life actually banding together exactly. right, to declare the right to life. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. you're looking at 34 or 37 countries that, right. that were signing this agreement and pledging yeah. To, yeah. to move so forward. So we signed it. And in fact, we were in the forefront, like you said, exactly. under President Trump and at that time, Secretary Pompeo. Right? Yes. Of and this. Of, of, and, yeah, right. Uh, and then Biden took us out of it. Absolutely. He yanked it right away. He couldn't go do it fast enough, right? No, it was like day <laughs> one kind of thing. So, so there is, uh, you know, the pushback that's taking place. And uh, so it's, I think it's positive. We're making, you know, a difference. Uh, I think uh, Congressman Chris Smith also just uh, released, they had asked for a GAO report on um, the money that was going to abortion both in this country and abroad during the pandemic. And so it just came out like $2 billion was going towards um, groups like Planned Parenthood, for instance. So there's a lot of money that was directed to them during the pandemic, some of it PPE for aid for employees to keep them working and all that kind of stuff, as if we really needed to keep you know, these employees uh, killing babies during that period. And mm -hmm. also some of that money went abroad as well. Yeah. So they're still yeah. doing it, and there are all kinds of games that they play internationally, but just through USAID, which controls billions of dollars and shifts that aid 
uh, depending on who's in the White House. So right. it makes a right. huge difference for the election of the next president of the it United States. It makes a big difference. Friends, we're talking about our international outreach, our international impact here at Priests for Life, and uh, we're talking with Bob Lalonde, who represents us at these United Nations meetings and, and does so much uh, to help uh, uh, in the international arena. Those of you that are from other countries, please know that we're, we're here to help you too. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that here with Bob. Uh, you know, we have um, an actual entity that operates in partnership with us, and one of our other uh, team members is part of this. Uh, tell us about the uh, PNCI. So PNCI is a key component to what we're doing at the United Nations. So PNCI is Political Network for Critical uh, Issues. Parliamentary. Yes, Parliamentary Network for Critical Issues. Yeah. There are so many acronyms now. Yeah. <laughs> but Marie Smith, is the uh, who heads that up, is absolutely brilliant. And I've had the opportunity to work with her for you know about a dozen years now. And so she's involved in putting together statements. So there are three key commissions at the United Nations that impact our work. Commission on Social Development, Commission on the Status of Women, and on Commission on Development, Population Development. So we um, prepare statements that get submitted as an NGO because you had the foresight to back, you know, it's, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary uh, as being an NGO, a non-governmental organization at mm -hmm. the United Nations. Mm -hmm. so, so before my time, you were in, in instrumentally involved in, in seeing, you know, the impact. It's not just in the United States, but around the world. So a little bit also about being on the offense, not just on the defense. So you created um, a Priest for Life NGO that was accepted by the United Nations, and we've been very active you know, for the past 20 years. But part of our participation is contributing to the body of literature. Um, yes. And so these positions are extremely important. So last year, we uh, prepared three statements, and, and we've been doing this for a number of years now for each of those. And they vary depending on the theme of the commission and the year. Mm. But two of the areas that we cover extensively are sex selection. Uh, there's a preference in certain countries for what they call the, the son, a son preference. So girls, if they're known in advance, you know, through ultrasound, might be um, aborted just by virtue of the fact that they're a girl. And I had experience with that in, in China when I was visiting in China years back. In an orphanage, um, all of the children were girls, and except for one. It was one boy, and he was an albino, and they would have considered that a defect. So you see these situations. It creates an imbalance. We saw what China did with a one-child policy. Um, and now they're looking to, they increased it because they realized there's an imbalance. So there are more boys than girls. We've lost, uh, even the, uh, the Holy See Mission actually this year got involved and sort of supported our statement by adding themselves that 60 million girls are missing over a period of time. Mm. So you can imagine, if you can devalue the life of a girl child at birth, I mean, look at what happens afterwards with human yeah. trafficking and yeah. all of that. So it starts, you know, in the womb kind of thing, the devaluation of women. We have uh, been at the also the International Catholic Legislators Network. Uh, this was one of the uh, meetings sure. uh, that uh, we spoke at. T t tell, tell our audience a little bit about that. So you got involved yeah. that before I did. You were at, at most of the meetings with Cardinal Schoenberg. Um, and this was um, something that was focused on life as well. They're getting together with legislators. Marie Smith was involved in that as mm -hmm, well. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things we were talking about PNCI is, is that they facilitate. So they publish PNCI, and I'll, I'll get back to it because I don't know if you can see this, but this is uh, PNCI's newsletter. So PNCIUS.org is where you'll find all this wealth of information. 
but she pr produces a newsletter once a month, her team, and, um, and that gets circulated to help support pro-life parliamentarians all around the world. And as right, we were just talking right. about, Italy, Argentina, um, right now, and the Netherlands, these would be places that would be in need of support and guidance and on this legislation. So she was involved with that as well and got us involved in it too. And, and that's basically an extension of that. It was something Cardinal Schoenburn started and continues to this day. Yeah. And you and I have both participated and you've spoken there and so has uh, Marie. Yeah, it's been great. But they're training legislators. They're that's working right. with legislators all around that's the world. That's how we got to know Viktor Orban, uh, who's there done such great work in Hungary for the for the unborn and uh, culturally, not just legislatively, culturally. Yeah. Uh, and, and I saw him recently, as a matter of fact, at another gathering right. and of course, it, the bond was made at that international meeting. We also helped the Holy See, you referred to this a little bit, the, 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 the Pope's mission to the United Nations. We are very much involved in helping them uh, here on uh, our soil in, you, in the U.S. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, over the last 20 years we've done, I mean, it changes depending on who's there at the yeah, time. Yeah, But, I mean, we've done a, a number of things for the mission over the years. First, because of Cardinal Martino's involvement That's um, right. that you go way back with. And he actually is an advisor on the board for, for Priest for Life. We've met him several times. He's, he's such a great supporter. Um, older now in age, obviously, and, and, and not doing very well. But And so we pray for him. But, right. but he's been tremendous. And so we got involved with the Holy See early on. They have something called the Path to Peace as well. That's right. Beautiful so, gatherings, yes, in exactly. New York. And yep. you and I have been to many of those yes. together, as I have been with Janet and others. We've uh, honored uh, uh, princes and princesses and uh, king, kings. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's amazing to see uh, the, the level of support. One other final thing before our time runs out. You know, Alvita King, whom you mentioned, she's a member of our team. And she has been a great asset to these international efforts, gatherings, her voice. And, and I, I want to tell you, it's a kind of a funny story. You told me, it reminded me recently, uh, she gave a talk on civil rights. Yeah. And tell us about that, because it attracted quite a few people, but they were, might have been a little bit surprised at what they heard. <laughs> <laughs> so that was at the European Union, um, where she was invited to speak. And so the title of the talk was uh, Civil Rights. And I think in Europe they were presuming it was going to be about racial issues and okay. things like that, being yeah. the, the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King. So I sat beside her and I was waiting for, you know, she started speaking as she always does about pro-life. And, yep. and uh, I was waiting for the room to just get up and walk <laughs> out. You know, it was that kind of a situation where this is gonna blow them away. They weren't yeah. expecting that. It was under false pretenses, so to speak. But uh, you could hear a pin drop. Not a yeah. person got up and left. Isn't the parliamentarians beautiful? were there, their staff. And, um, you know, they, they sat through it and they applauded at the end. Well, so she, she has a, a beautiful way of communicating. Yes. You know, that With great compassion. Absolutely. Reasonableness. Mm -hmm. Charm. And when they realize this is coming from the, the flesh and blood of Martin Luther King Jr. and his family... It, there's a respect there that they give, and that, that's why it's such a such a joy to have her still a very, uh, she's on our board, and very much. I also uh, got a chance to bring her to meet the Holy Father. She met right. uh, Pope Francis as well, and in addition to that, at the, in the United Nations, she's spoken there. Lots of great stories. Well, she we gave him uh, our, our annual report, too. Absolutely. And that's how yeah. we got the, yeah. We've All got right, a great too. team that have been involved in supporting it. Everything we do, even in the United States, as I mentioned, you know, yeah. carries over to the rest of the world. It they does. look to us for advice, for guidance. That's why they tune into your programs. Right. That's why they read the pamphlets and the materials. And uh, so everything that's done here from, you know, the, the shipping room, getting materials out to the legislation we're involved in, 
has an impact abroad as well. So we should yeah. never forget that. So yeah. we need to keep doing everything we're doing here. We sure do. Well, thanks for helping us do it. You know, when we first met, you were vice president of Human Life International. I'm there sure many go. of our audience knows HLI, and and you really helped develop that into a into what it is, right? An international uh, outreach. And uh, Bob, Bob put the international in Human Life International <laughs> under Father Paul Marks at the time. So you got you got a lot of experience working with. Um, shall we say, controversial priests. You could say <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> All right, friends, go to priestforlife.org slash international. Priestforlife.org slash international. And you will see some of the things. That, we only scratched the surface here. We could do 10 programs on this. See the different things we're doing. United Nations, Organization of American States, Holy See Mission of the UN, the Vatican, all these different things. Uh, and those of you from uh, outside the United States, we are with you a thousand percent. Uh, we'll see you maybe at your marches for life uh, in your own countries and certainly each and every day through these programs, through our website, uh, through our prayers. We are with you. And let's turn to the Lord now. Father, bless the efforts of the pro-life movement throughout the world. Protect your people and bless those, Lord God, who are in legislative bodies uh, across the nation and working across the globe and working to uh, to protect the unborn children and their moms and their, their families from the devastation of abortion. Uh, bless our work in healing the wounds of abortion. Bless our voice at the United Nations and the Organization of American States and continue to, uh, through us, build your kingdom of life. We pray through the author of life and the conqueror of death and the Lord of every nation, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thanks, Bob. Thank, Thank you, brothers you. and sisters. God bless you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.